When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, we're taking a bit of a break as we're gearing up for season four. So over the next few weeks, we are revisiting some of my favorite episodes. This week, I'm featuring two of my favorite guests, Netherlands-based chefs and entrepreneurs, Noah Tucker and Tony Joseph. In this clip, they share the where and the how they find inspiration for all the brands that they've built. If you missed the original episode, please go back and listen to episode three. I hope you enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. The last time you guys came, we were in Jacobs. We had Jacobs and a couple other venues. Yeah. Uh, we sold all of that. Um, we took about a year and a half off or so. We just wanted to kind of, I don't know, we was going crazy. We had like four restaurants. Mm -hmm. We were grinding really hard and nothing's wrong with that. But we felt like we were more concerned with the work than the project in a strange way. Hmm. And we we had a luxury. We had a luxury moment where we could be like, okay, so everything is working. Is this really what we want? And, you know, as chefs, as owners, we wanted to be restaurateurs and be a part of a bunch of different venues that are working and, you know, financially kind of, you know, <clears throat> producing. And I think it happened. And then we were like, all right, is this really what we want to do? We just want to run around and check on people in the restaurants that we own. Like, we, I, I'm not into that. Huh. So and that's and also that's all we were thinking about was just like food and work. And it was like, that's also not healthy. You need to think about a couple of things in your life. Right. You need to have hobbies. You need to have right. Like other interests. So we sold everything. And we took a year and a half off in that time. We built a concept that we were working on called High Cuisine. And we also opened the Yerba Restaurant uh, uh, with our partners, Sally and Walter. And the concept for High Cuisine is basically we go to their smart shops out here that sell alternative medicine, uh, so we say, right? And a variety of them, like 3,000 different types. Um, so we went to them, those shops, found some like, idealistic, you know, uh, uh, drugs that, you know, just do different things to you. Uh, and on a medicinal level, on a, on a spiritual level. And then we took our kind of knowledge from, you know, our pedigree of, of cooking and mixed it with caviar and, um, and langoustines and oysters and made a tasting menu out of it and created this concept where basically instead of drinking wine or having alcohol, <laughs> you have all these different types of drugs that mix psychedelics, cannabis, uh, Kana, uh, you, you know, a, a Syrian rue, a, a huge range of it, everything microdosed, and you have this experience called high cuisine. So we went out there and we 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 pulled it off. We actually uh, produced a TV show mm -hmm. uh, with, and it's out still right now. It's been out for about a year plus, maybe. So obviously, both of you are you're in the Netherlands. Yeah. How how was that concept received? Um. <laughs> Well, to be honest, we treat it as, you know, research. This is this is journalism. We're under the, the factor of we're exploring kind of new horizons with, with food and drugs and the mixture of those. You know, I think when, you know, 
I explained it, and what people are hearing is weed and psychedelics. Mm-hmm. But if we really go back to how we even eat right now, right? Let's look at some really common ingredients like oregano, garlic, onions, cinnamon, all of the nightshade family. All of it is based off medicinal use. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people didn't start to eat garlic because it's it tastes good mm-hmm. originally raw It's because it's medicinal. Right. It's like nature's yeah. antibiotic. Yeah. So we, we just pushed it further. You know, what's to say that we still shouldn't be exploring these other herbs? Now, mind you, everything is natural. Everything is organic that we use. It's nothing manufactured. So we're going back to the same honeypot that our ancestors went to, right? Like mm-hmm. we're just looking for earth for different things. So some of them are antidepressant. Some of them are dream herbs. Some of them make you feel euphoric. Some of them are sedatives, right? <clears throat> so they're out there right now, right? Like we have versions of that that we've created into aspirins. But the pharmaceutical companies are something that we really trust. So if they say this is for depression, cool, take that. If they say this is for a headache, cool, take that. Stomach, mm-hmm. take that. Well, there's a whole different range of natural stuff that's out there. And but it's just it's considered to be really taboo. And that's usually the, you know, the wall that when people hit, it's like, oh, I'm not I'm not dealing with that. Sorry. So what is the most, you know, least taboo thing in the world? Food. It's Hmm. most common thread that attaches all humanity. Right. Even if you don't like somebody's culture, like genuinely, you'll eat their food. (laughs) Right. Dead, right. Dead ass, right? right. Like, you'll be like, yo, I don't fuck with Russians. You will tear some caviar and vodka up. Right. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course you will, you know? So I think it's there's something to be said for that was our intro and we treated it as such. And then instead of coming across it, like you see a lot of the kind of like, you know, fake shows on Netflix and the other ones where it's like, get high, la la la. This isn't that. We're really coming at you from a certain pedigree. We're doing a tasting menu for you. It's hyper-controlled. We're giving you full research. We're going to the guys who grow it. We're going to the people who manufacture it, who sell it, who deal with it, who test it. And we went through, you know, an array of drugs and an array of chefs, and we did this all in the Netherlands. And then we videotaped everything and uh, and, and polished it up super crispy clean. And got, and got it um and got it on you know video and put it on TV. I love what you said about kind of going back to traditional and authentic and it's weird because I ha- I was having this thought earlier today actually about medicine because most people know I'm first gen American. My family is from sub-Saharan Africa, you know, very much grew up in in Cameroon and I was thinking so much about how there's so there's so many things that we see naturally grown with Word people would use like my grandmother would use and my aunts would use and 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 uncles would like common 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 right but then until it gets crushed up and it's sold by a, a pharmaceutical company all of a sudden we're, we're we're seeing all this marketing that says oh this will help x y and z and i'm like that's that leaf that used to grow behind my grandma's house we just plucked that thing and put it in some water for like two days and drink it or whatever and so yeah, yeah i think that i think that really resonates um and it's like <laughs> yeah but the problem with that is as, as we already know it's always <laughs> Money, money always comes into the factor. It's yeah. how, how we market this to make us money. Even though we know that this hardly costs anything, we need to know how to make money from this. And that is mainly always the problem. Yeah. And nobody actually takes note of that. And it's like, why would you always have to listen to the pharmaceuticals about 
any drug just because <laughs> right. they say you have to use it. It's like these these drugs that we use are, are tried and tested. They've been being used for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know, from tribes from Africa, from uh, Central America. These guys aren't wrong. They live off the land. So it's like, why can't we follow suit? Absolutely. And because there's a monetary effect always added to this, it always breaks down the, the, the barrier of it. So I'm curious, do you think, and, and I know... Obviously, like I said, you guys are both in the Netherlands. Do you think that if you had been somewhere else, you would have been able to get the same concept as successful off the ground? No, definitely not. I do. Now I do. Okay. I want to hear the for and the against. Go ahead. (laughs) In in regards to what I achieved in the Netherlands or in regards to the projects that we've achieved? Because if we're talking about what I would have achieved in the UK, no, definitely not. No. Okay. I thought you high cuisine. Well, no, that's what, well, about high cuisine, but I actually do like that point overall. So let's look at high cuisine. Do you think you'd be able to do it outside the Netherlands? I think in certain countries, but the accessibility of the ingredients is crazy here. But I think if you are out, maybe, I don't know, that's such a, it's such a, that's a hard question. Well, it's a hard question because like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, we can do it up in Oregon. You know, do you know what Portland looks like right now? We want, I want to do it too. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Like I wouldn't be doing any we wouldn't be doing any of that nonsense. Like nothing. So I don't know. I think it took, well, the fact is no, because we did it here and we, we didn't pull it off anywhere else. Okay. And uh, it's not like we didn't shop it, right? So the Netherlands is the one that actually, you know, helped conceive it. They helped, you know, kind of feed it and they they ended up showing it. So I uh, yeah, I guess not. But the the girth of the the hospitality, fresh hospitality, hell no, I couldn't get away with this in New York. Tell me more. Uh, simple economics, right? A restaurant here costs you a couple hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. A restaurant in New York costs you over a million. And right, you, like yeah, economics. And up to this point, how many restaurants have you both collectively been part of? Six, seven. How many, Tom? Yeah, you you hit you hit it on the number six, yeah. but that's from, that's down to ownership. But in regards to working in restaurants, it's right. it's, it's endless. Or opening, <laughs> yeah, opening and, and working them, it's endless. I think six is search, six is work owned, right? Like yeah. that's six is work owned. Um, but now, actually, funny enough, there's only one restaurant. We actually don't work in it; we own it, and we're, well, we're partners of it. And the other managing partners are the ones who run it, right? So, like, we took a huge pivot. Um, But I'm glad we did, though, because now everything that we have is is digital. I mean, and that's where you have to be right now. That's the space that you're required to be in. You have to be comfortable in, you know, (laughs) on the line. Uh, And that's, weirdly enough, that's where we started to pivot, right? We were like, yo, we're missing this. We're missing that. Then we helped create an app. Uh, for the hospitality industry, which is running right now, it's global. It's it's running from the Middle East all the way to Florida. <laughs> um, so let up. me so let me ask you uh, that follow up question. Did y'all make the pivot? I'm presuming by the breadth of the stuff you listed, did you make the pivot well before Corona? That was a decision. Yeah, like three like, years. yeah that's what's going to say. Years, three years ago. Okay. Yeah, we kind of we kind of saw it coming to build some shit. <laughs> Well, you know what it was? We started to look at like, okay, as our portfolio for our hospitality company, where are we very short? Like, where are we not showing representation? And it was online. Mm. 
right? Like yeah. tangible items, we were murdering it. You could come into our spaces, you could, right? We would have events, parties, that was fine. But like online, because we didn't really care, we weren't creating any type of like passive revenue or or even like just, you know, just critical thinking that was past the point of just like, here's food, this is, this is representing us. Yeah. So we are like, how can we do that? How can we... What's still in our, because we really do believe staying in your lane, right? Like, but we just were like, yo, let's make that lane mad wide, right? Like, yeah. that's how we can deal with it. So anything that had to do with the hospitality industry, we agreed that like, yo, we'll fuck with, we'll touch. And that was from a book to an app, right? Like, we were like, forget this. Let's just think bigger. How do we stretch ourselves? And how do we get, you know how do we represent ourselves and also start to create shit that's, that's forever. Mm -hmm. Right. Like restaurants come and go. Yeah. TV shows don't come and go. That shit is there. They, they will, it's always trackable. It's oh right. It's always sellable. It's always another piece. So then we did a show, then we did a book following the show and it was called high cuisine bites. It was basically muses or small bites that you could do in your house, 20 recipes. They all had different drugs in them. So if you want to have a party, instead of everybody having alcohol, oh, let's have a little psychedelics. Everybody could take a little bite, microdose. Now, five years ago, it sounded, because we've been working on this for six years or so, like a long time. Now, when I say it, it doesn't sound so crazy anymore. Mm. Right? So it's also really fun to be part of that, that changing narrative of how people perceive drugs. Right? No one would ever think about doing psychedelics, but now it's known to be an antidepressant if you microdose. Microdosing is a thing. Right. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a fucking thing. So it's really interesting to be pushing that narrative unbeknownst to the rest of the world in our own little corner as we, and we, our way to do it was not through, you know, uh, eating crappy food and kind of struggling through it. We were like, nah, man, if you're eating mushrooms or this or that, why not just flavor profile it and put it with something that it goes with? So then it's super enjoyable. And that's the memory you have. And that's, that's, that's how you walk into this. It's really not just, <clears throat> you know, cause listen, everybody on this planet does some type of drug, caffeine, sugar, nicotine. It, it doesn't, I don't care what you do something. And all of those drugs, right, especially those primary ones that are at the top of the food chain, they're all stronger than any drug we're talking about. Hmm. And they're all way more harmful than any drug we're dealing with. Right. So I think we just put it really into perspective, knock some taboo down. And, and also, I think for brown people, right, like, yo, show up. Yeah. Show up. If you got an idea, most likely it's banging. Yeah. <laughs> Try it. Push it. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Right. Like support your own idea, support your own, you know, creativity. And I think that's that's the benefit of Tone and I. Right. Like we can really bounce ideas off each other and, and get the ball rolling between the two of us and then find people who are also into it and create this narrative. And maybe it is easier over here doing that. Right. Because it's mm -hmm. Tone and I. I don't know another black New Yorker out here who is in hospitality. I swear to you. Same way. It's the UK also. Yeah, do you? I don't. No. no, I'm going to say Amsterdam, but I know it's past Amsterdam. But I can speak for the million people that are in Amsterdam that it is singular in in whom we are. Hmm. Right. So that's bananas. That thought, <laughs> and that's big. So it's like we we have a lane. We you know we must we take, take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
How did some folks don't know this, but how did y'all even find each other? <laughs> like, I know y'all have been working together for a long time, but how how did y'all even initially find each other? Yeah, so basically, yeah, so basically, what happened was I had a friend of mine who was a recruiter, and um, I remember days. I had a friend of mine who was a recruiter, and I was at a restaurant, and I was literally dying of death for the chefs that I had. They were just, I was just, you know, in and out, they were coming in and out, you know, they, they, they'd last days with me. And I needed a number two, basically, so I could have somebody that could bounce off me, work with me, and allow me to be off, because I literally was working seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So he sent me a copy of Noah's CV, and when I read it, Noah Gitzlitz Tucker, I just assumed some Jewish boy from Brooklyn. <laughs> Yeah, so it, the, the funny thing is, um, the day he arrived into the restaurant, somebody called me and said, oh, there's Noah here. Walks out into the restaurant. We both looked at each other like, Noah? He's like, Tony? It's like, I never expected a black guy to walk through because obviously being in the Netherlands, I didn't expect it, especially somebody not from here. Mm. You know? So basically what happened was um, he did a couple of days with me. We kind of clicked Worked really, really well. And and then um, uh, he was my number two for, for a year in the restaurant. And from that, um, Noah then left, uh, convinced me to leave a few months later because obviously he wanted to get into consultancy. He knew that there was a, a possibility of us owning the restaurant because my initial thought when I first came here, I came here in 2004, I actually wanted to open up a restaurant but I didn't find anybody that was compatible with me. So basically what happened was I just said, look, I'm just going to be a chef. I'm going to work till I uh, uh, retire as a chef. I'm not going to even pursue it because I didn't find anybody that I knew that I could work with. And then lo and behold, Noah came along and literally convinced us to uh, get into the restaurant game, bought a restaurant and kind of it's history from there. And we've kind of been rocking so, for um, 12 years. You know, so yeah, it's been good. It's been fun. We've been we've we've been man- managed to accomplish a lot, and we've done some really really interesting stuff. So yeah, and we and we keep going. That's the thing. You know what I mean? The beauty of it is, and we always said it from day one: it's business. It ain't personal. It ain't friends. It's business. Business. And that's where a lot of people fail because they take it personal. Like I won't allow him to fuck my day up, and he won't allow my day to be fucked up. At the end of the day. We're both Good. alphas. The only thing that's going to happen is we're going to fight. Then we fight, it's, it's over. So it's like, you know, we have somebody, we have, we both have somebody that we can literally work well together with, be able to do stuff and, you know, not get offended by the other person because that's the problem. You get offended by somebody, you work with them for an amount of time and it's like, you get bored with people and it's like, you know, we've been very lucky that, you know, from this we've become friends, you know, our families are gel together, you know, yeah. yeah, we know each other, in that. you know, and it's been what, nearly 13 years, so it's yeah. gone from strength to strength. Yeah, you've just listened to an episode of The Global Chatter, which is hosted by me, Amanda Bates. It is edited by Stephanie Ficcio. Don't forget to subscribe to The Global Chatter on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Global Chatter or stop by Twitter and find us at Global Chat Pod. If you have a question, want to subscribe to the newsletter, or are interested in sponsoring, visit theglobalchatter.com.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.